Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go, wherever you happen to be right now, wherever you're traveling to. We're so grateful to have you tuning in for worship this morning. This is Youth Sunday, and uh, we'll be looking uh, at a story of the Holy Spirit as it's expressed in an interaction between an old Pharisee named Nicodemus and Jesus. And we'll look at a little bit of the progression of the Spirit in Nicodemus's life throughout the Gospel of John. But before we do that, I invite you to prepare yourselves, your heart, your spirit, uh, for the word that is intended for you this morning as we listen to Will and Catherine Haddad, two of our youth group members, uh, present and past, sing for a simple gospel. Shout and you find me. 
looking in the third chapter of the Gospel of John, it says, Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, and he came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered Nicodemus, saying, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Now, Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered saying, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I say to you, you must be born from above for, and listen to this, the wind blows or the spirit blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can these things be? And, and Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. So there's this nighttime encounter between Jesus and Nicodemus, but a little later in the uh, gospel, in the seventh chapter, the Pharisees have sent guards to arrest Jesus and um, while he was teaching, but they come back empty-handed without Jesus and essentially say, we couldn't arrest him because the crowd is so spellbound. And then Nicodemus steps forward in this moment, maybe steps a little bit more into the light. And it says, Nicodemus, who'd gone to Jesus before and who was one of them, asked, 
Our, lower, uh, our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they're doing, does it? And they replied, surely you're not also from Galilee, are you? Search and you will see that no prophet is to arise from Galilee. So we get this moment of Nicodemus kind of gently stepping out and advocating for Jesus. But by the end, after Jesus had been crucified and Joseph and Arimathea had taken Jesus's body down, it says Nicodemus, who had first come to Jesus by night, also came, and this is broad daylight now, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about a hundred pounds. And then Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea took the body of Jesus, wrapped it with spices and linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. The word of God for the people of God. Let's take a moment and pray. Um, Lord God, today we're thinking a little bit about your Holy Spirit and how uh, you might speak to us and through us, how your holy wind might propel our lives in important ways. So uh, we just ask that uh, the words of scripture that we've read together might come alive in us and motivate us and encourage us in the direction you want us to go, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I've said, uh, this is Youth Sunday, and so we're focusing a little bit on the youth mission trip. And, and I've had the opportunity to drop into the YG mission trip the last few years. And, and as you may know, there are a couple things that, that really stand out to me. Uh, for, at the very end of the trip, I'm, after 10 days of physical labor and a questionable amount of sleep and daily vespers and writing multiple mission sponsor letters, uh, after 10 days with no cell phones, no social media connection, and, and a long bus ride home from the airport, what amazes me is our youth and leaders stand in a circle in the meeting house, arm in arm, singing, some with tears streaming down their faces, and they don't want to leave. They don't want to leave. They don't want to break the bonds that have been established. They don't, want to, uh, they don't want the experience to end. They don't want to leap back into the anxiously crowded lives they left 10 days earlier. But why? Or perhaps more importantly, how? How does that experience of not wanting to leave the sacred space and relationships that have been created, how does that happen? Well, part of the answer is all the support that goes into a mission trip. Uh, it's amazing, just amazing to watch what happens. The moms and ministry team members who decorate Smith Hall and feed the troops for send-off. The advisors and the staff who mentor and minister to our kids every single week of the year. Uh, the insanely amazing logistics team that works tirelessly behind the scenes to make every meal and every day and every visit to urgent care happen. And there are quite a few trips to urgent care this year. And then the contractors, my word, the contractors who offer up a week of their lives for kids and for this church to make sure that our youth know how to safely roof and drywall and paint and install flooring. And of course, mission sponsors, which many of you are, who, who give above and beyond your annual pledge to our church to support kids doing service to the glory of God. Now, one could make the argument that it's all this selfless support that makes this experience possible, but I actually think there's even more to it than that, as evidenced by another group of young people who, who didn't want to leave the church activity they were part of in Wilmore, Kentucky recently. You know, it, it's kind of surprising to me how many folks in our church have not heard the news about the revival, the, the happening, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that took place at Asbury University during the time our kids were on the mission trip. I'll tell you, when the New York Times reports positively uh, on more than one occasion uh, on a faith happening, you know it's got to be significant. Now, on February 8th, 
a mandatory chapel service. Uh, uh, after that service, where a seemingly lackluster sermon had been preached on love, uh, a group of 18 to 19 students stayed behind to continue praying, and they uh, began to sing. A few hours later, uh, other students realized that uh, worship had continued without interruption. Students and faculty began to stream into the chapel as worship continued throughout the night. Uh, it was clear to everyone something was happening. Something was happening and no one wanted to leave. Uh, growing a number of people wanted to join in. Uh, worship continued at Asbury University for two weeks straight without interruption drawing somewhere between 50 and 70,000 visitors from 260 colleges and universities to the little town of Wilmore, Kentucky, population 6,000, 1,700s of those being students. This event has been well-reported, so you can look up the details for yourselves, but, but I want to make note of a few things. Um, first, took a huge volunteer logistics team, uh, students, faculty, administrators, townsfolks, to provide all the space, food, bathrooms, sleeping accommodations, workshop support, security. So just a huge logistical effort, a lot of volunteers. And second, it was primarily a movement of college students, uh, the least religious generation in our country's history. And the experience was one of overwhelming peace, calm, serenity. This wasn't a, a wild, frenzied, crazy, charismatic revival. In fact, the school did a great job of keeping the Christian crazies out. The happening on, uh, on campus in Wilmore, Kentucky was actually understated. It was peaceful. People reported it feeling gentle. The Holy Spirit of God showed up and, and interestingly, offered those young people what they needed most. Uh, there was a post about this event. It said that the students received a tangible sense of peace for a generation with unprecedented anxiety, a restorative sense of belonging for a generation amidst an epidemic of loneliness and an authentic hope for a generation marked by depression. There was witness after witness after witness of anxiety easing and depression lifting during this worship experience. Now, many of us can witness to the fact that there was an incredible holy peace, love and togetherness experienced by our youth in San Antonio. And at the same time, on a slightly more noticeable scale, there was sacred peace and love and togetherness experienced on a college campus in central Kentucky. What is it all about? And I think that question, what is it all about, was what brought an old Pharisee out at night to see Jesus. Under the cover of darkness, probably so no one would witness him, Nicodemus sought Jesus out and asked a question in the form of a statement. He said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who's come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Essentially saying, teacher, we've seen the crowds. We, we've heard of the healings. We witnessed the amazing following of people around you. We know something's happening. We're just not sure what it is exactly. This is the statement of an old man who had spent his entire life teaching the faith only to see and hear something new and enlivening that he couldn't fully understand. Something holy and sacred was happening, but, but what was it and how did it occur? Jesus' answer, he said, hey, the spirit blows where it chooses, you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. Translation, this is what it looks like when the sacred spirit of God is released among people. What you are witnessing is what happens when the presence of the Lord is given space and supported in people's lives. Now, as I said, as I read the scripture later in the gospel, when religious leaders sent a military detachment to arrest Jesus, the soldiers come back, they don't have a prisoner. 
but they have stories of miracles and, and a large and raptured crowd. Um, the Pharisees were frustrated. They, they wanted Jesus punished swiftly, but, but this is when old Nicodemus tries to intervene a bit. He says, our law, law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they're doing, does it? So Nicodemus kind of pushing for a fair trial before convicting Jesus. But the Pharisees replied, surely you're not also from Galilee, are you? Search and you'll see that no prophet is to arise from Galilee. In other words, they said, uh, you may be impressed by the spirit and presence of Jesus, but this sort of thing doesn't happen in the backwater region of Galilee. You can't, you can't trust a questionably educated teacher from Nazareth. Real instruction, what they were saying essentially was that real instruction happens in the big city of Jerusalem. Now, I want you to think about this and consider this for a bit, because I've been, I've been tossing around in my mind the last number of days. Um, in Forbes, in Forbes magazine, latest ranking of top colleges and universities, Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky, ranks number 565. 565. It is the Galilee of colleges in our country, if you will. There are 564 educational institutions ranked ahead of Asbury. It's a rolling admission school that, according to U.S. News and World Report, has a 98% acceptance rate. Now, I doubt Asbury is a school any guidance counselor at the high school would recommend to our kids, and I'm going to bet none of our seniors applied. Honestly, as parents, we wouldn't allow our kids to apply to such a school, not worth the investment. And kids, if Asbury was the one school or only school you got into, you'd likely take a gap year until you could get into someplace better. And you would be unlikely to proudly wear an Asbury sweatshirt to New Canaan High advertising your acceptance. I mean, think about this. A school one would never consider going to in our area is the very place the Holy Spirit of God just showed up. There was a recent CDC report, and, and kind of uh, you know braced for this, that said that 42% um, of our current high school students experience persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. And almost 20%, this is unbelievable, almost 20% seriously considered harming themselves this past year. And yet, the peace, the calm, the serenity our kids desperately want and need was experienced at a school we would never allow our children to attend. Think about that. I'll tell you, visiting our kids in San Antonio, I came uh, across, uh, I met with a bunch of kids and, and had some version of this conversation uh, too many times with our underclassmen. Uh, I'd see someone and I'd say, hey, how, how are you enjoying this week so far? How's it going? And they said, oh, I love it here. Best experience ever. Best experience ever. And then uh, if I didn't know the student and didn't know how connected they were to YG, I, I'd say, well, will you be back next year? And oftentimes I get a response like, well, I don't know if I can. I'll be on the varsity next year and probably won't be able to miss practice. Or, you know, next year is going to be really difficult and stressful academically. I don't think I can spare the time. You know, it's been mistakenly said in so many different ways and so many different times that you'll never find a prophet in Galilee. Or there's no value in going to school in Wilmore, Kentucky. Or, or mission trips are nice if they fit into our schedules, but applications and AP classes and athletics must take priority. I'll tell you, not true. False. Erroneous. On all counts. You know, I wonder. I wonder how often we miss the presence and movement of the Holy Spirit we desperately need because of what we choose to value and prioritize. Or that which we choose not to value and prioritize. I want, and I'm going to do this this morning, I, I want our YG folks to ask themselves why they so enjoyed this week of work, 
this week of limited sleep and zero cellular connectivity. I wonder for the contractors, why did they uproot themselves and spend time overseeing uh, kids doing house repair? Our logistics team, why did they toil and toil and toil behind the scenes to make this trip happen? Uh, our advisors and Kelly and Eric, why have they offered so much of themselves to our kids this year? Why didn't any f of these folks want to leave the room, the meeting house, as exhausted as they were at the end of the trip? It wasn't just a good time. No, no, no. It was an experience of the Holy Spirit they so desperately crave and so desperately need. It was the peace of God settling in on their lives because they had made the time and space for that experience. When you do that, you don't want to leave and be separated from the presence you felt. And the story says Nicodemus didn't want to leave either, right? After Jesus' body had been taken down from the cross in broad daylight, Nicodemus brought a hundred pound bag of ointment to anoint Jesus' body for burial. Nicodemus helped lay Jesus' body to rest in the tomb in preparation for the resurrection three days later. What had been a nighttime curiosity for the old man uh, had become an unabashed commitment. See, when you experience the presence, the peace, the calm, the serenity of Jesus, you don't want to let go. And the good news, you don't have to. What I want the parents and the volunteers and youth of all ages to to understand and know is that they can continue to make time and space for the Spirit. We all can. Support the effort. Engage the faith with greater regularity. Approach Jesus and his church with more resolve and commitment. And dare to move with the Spirit even, perhaps especially, if it seems to be leading you in a direction other people undervalue or overlook. You know, our, our kids might think they want to go to an Ivy League or get an athletic scholarship. Maybe we want a bigger house or a better job. We have a whole host of things we, we think we would want. But, but what we truly need, the peace we so desperately crave, it's often found where few people think to look. In a teacher from Galilee, in a university chapel in small town Kentucky, in a house in need of refurbishment in San Antonio, in an old, old sanctuary in New Canaan, most folks drive by without a second thought. Make time and space for the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, as the Apostle Paul wrote, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we crave your spirit, even, even if we can't fully articulate the need we need the peace, the calm, the serenity that your spirit and your spirit alone can provide us. So Lord God, help us to make space, to make time for those activities that allow you access to our lives. Uh, we need your support, Lord, to do what we need to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So church family, as you enter another week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.